0: Hey, everybody, this is Joseph, one of the pastors at the First Presbyterian Church of Flint, and I wanted to welcome you to our sermon podcast. Each week, this show features the latest sermons preached here at First Pres, and we hope that they encourage you in your faith and work as you listen. This fall, we're preaching a 10 week series of sermons called When Religion Fails. And we're using Jesus' teachings and parables from the Gospel of Luke to reconsider what it means to truly follow Christ. Here's this week's sermon.
1: I love that passage. Oh, hope-filled. Every year, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary announces the Word of the Year. Now, their decision is based on the amount of lookups on their website, which logs 100 million page views every single month. We look up words to get correct spellings, of course, but we also look up words to gain insight to better understand the world around us. So, the winning word is one that is one actual way to to take the pulse of, of us, the American culture. What are we wanting to better understand? For example, the word of the year for 2020 was pandemic. Ugh. Enough said about that. 2021 was vaccine. In 2019, the word was they. They, which by 2019 had the most lookups, as well as an expanded definition to include used to refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary. The preceding years, we as a culture have been exploring and wrestling with issues of gender quite vocally and vigorously. Many people, in fact, beginning to identify not as he or him, she or her, but in the gender neutral way, they, them. So by 2019, the simple pronoun they had the most lookups. Merriam-Webster's word of the year. One more, Uh, bailout. You remember? Could you guess what year bailout was the word of the year? 2008, of course. It's a fascinating study of us Americans, the word of the year. Well, a fascinating study for Paul Itterach, anyway. <laughs> 2022. 2022, here we are. The runner-up saw very large increases from previous years, but their lookup up rates were, were momentary blips, the result of a particular news event at a particular moment that caught the public ear and sent people scurrying at that time to find their meanings. Oligarch spiked. In early March, coinciding with Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Or Codify, with an overall increased lookup rate of hundred and ninety-three percent, had huge jumps on several days in the year when the when the big news story pertained to Supreme Court decisions regarding Roe v. Wade being leaked or announced. Sentient, Queen Consort, Raid. Omicron, all had their moments this year, but when the dust settled, so did their lookup rates. Unlike those runner-ups, though, the lookup rate of this year's winning word increased 1,740% from previous years and has been highly active through all of 2022. Meaning its increase was not a momentary blip, but a word that people have been actively wondering about throughout the entire year. Maybe you've already heard, maybe you already know the word of the year. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. That word takes me back to times I watched the psychological thriller Gaslight with my mom. Anybody ever see that? Right? Ingrid Bergman? Charles Boyer, Joseph Cotton, making her debut performance, Angela Lansbury, no? If you're gonna watch it, which I strongly suggest, it's a great film, just know it's black and white. If you've seen it, though, you know what the word gaslight means. But if you've not, perhaps the word is new to you. Gaslighting pertains to disorientation and mistrust. It's defined by Merriam-Webster as As a psychological manipulation of a person over a period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependence on the perpetrator. The second definition is a little easier to get through. The act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Gaslighting, the word of the year. Merriam Webster never offers interpretation as to why a particular word has the most lookups any given year, but about gaslighting, it does say this. In this age of misinformation, of fake news, conspiracy theories, Twitter trolls, and deep fakes, Gaslighting has emerged as a word for our time. And while that may not interpret the reason for its jump and lookups, I do think it offers us a pretty good clue. Gaslighting. Look, we're in Advent again. The season of waiting still. And honestly, after nearly 59 years of living, I find myself wondering and questioning now more than ever before, how long, O oh Lord? How long must we, must we put up with gaslighting? How long must we wait? How long, O oh Lord? The other night, Luce and I spent an evening gathered with a few friends for hors d'oeuvres and drinks and Christmas carols. It was a delicious evening. The hosts warm and gracious, the appetizers lip-smacking, the drinks quickening, and the piano playing magnetic in luring us all to join our voices in song. There's Becky. She can play, man. Maybe it was the wine, or maybe it was just me, but let me tell you, man, we we sang really well, as if every one of us there should be in the church choir. I'll get your names afterwards, Harold. We sang with our hearts. We sang wistfully of days long past, while at the same time envisaging days to come. We, we sang robustly and joyfully as if, as if every carol were our favorite one. In the moment, amidst the warmth the wine, the room, the song, the friends, One of the carols gave me pause, that Longfellow poem set to music, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. He penned the poem, Christmas Bells on Christmas Day, 1863, as not only the country, but hundreds of thousands of human bodies were being ripped apart in civil war, by far the deadliest war in US history. Added to that burden, Longfellow was languishing after the death of his wife in a fire and after his eldest son had snuck off to join the Union Army, only to get severely wounded shortly thereafter. The opening words, as we sang, I imagined he wrote with a hollow cynicism. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought, how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along broken song. Of peace on earth, good will to men. The battles continue to rage around and within. Yet those old familiar words keep on rolling. Like the stone, Sisyphus was doomed to eternally push up the mountain, only to have it roll back down to start all over again. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Honestly, some days I find those words ring rather hollow myself. Sound rather trite, even. Full of a wistfulness for a time I, I've never really known. Maybe, maybe the peaceful oblivion in my childhood years, but never goodwill for all persons, even back then. And as we sang so beautifully together the other evening, I was thinking in my head, how long, O Lord,
0: How long
1: before this eternal refrain of peace and goodwill is more than a ding-dong from the belfries or a hypnotic lilt of sweetened voices, but actually realized in the world, in the flesh and blood of all people, how long? So I took another drink, if for no other reason than to numb the longing. So I could keep singing the words with my friends. I mean, come on. How long, oh Lord, before tornadoes stop their swirling, volcanoes stop their spewing, floodwaters stop their smothering, fires stop their smoldering? How long before the spell of the tranquilizing drug of gradualism wears off? The facade of progress is removed and justice is served up in full. How long before all the sleeved cards are laid on the table and the motives of any and every action between people is exposed for all their beauty and for all their ugliness as truth is finally uncovered and systems and people are finally set. Free from abusive puppet strings of gaslighters and self-serving manipulators. How long before economic systems and budgets are not wielded as weapons of a status quo that secures prosperity for only some, or or wielding, wielded to turn a vote or, or to appease an angry people, but are actually used instead as tools? Put to the work of healing a nation, healing minds and bodies of hurting, of dying, families and people, heal, healing the wounded psyches of a people too long deemed not important enough to care about. How long, O oh Lord, before the promises of politicians and activists are more than a pocketful of mumbles and lies and jests, but are spoken humbly? From hearts that are centered purely on neighbor love, how long before the words of pundits? Claiming a mission of truth are more than the gaslighting of a desperate public to up ratings and increase already swollen bank accounts. How, how long before people will no longer fear a medical diagnosis, before babies are born only healthy and hale, before hearts beat only to life supporting rhythms, before dementia and Alzheimer's are forgotten? How long before abuse and violence in families and households and schools and dance clubs and city streets and rural roads are are finally stopped before all the countries, the, the great Russian bear and the American eagle and the Chinese dragon, the Iranian cheetah, the Indian tiger, the Israeli lion, how long before they actually live together in peace and the world's children play freely without the threat of being bombed and maimed and hungry and homeless? How long, oh Lord? How long? And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, good will to men. Hey, friends, it's another Advent. Gaslighting is the word of the year. The planet continues to rock and swell and spew and burn and teeter. Wars between nations, peoples, religions, wage on around the globe as they always have. And we grow more cynical about death, more cynical about life. and Our hearts grow more calloused. And yet, here we are waiting, together. From somewhere deep within his battered soul, these words then poured from Longfellow's pen, then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep, the wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And those words, those words stung my heart with a sudden peace and filled my eyes with tears. I can hide them well. As those words confronted my fears, my doubts, my cynicism, my pining that evening. And I sang the carol as if I were singing the very words of hope that we heard Isaiah proclaim this morning, the hope of a green shoot sprouting from an old stump, new life from a hewn tree, the life of a single sprig rooted in the Lord God whose delight is following God's ways, would produce an overflowing harvest of abundance words of the one who is so filled with God's wisdom and understanding that his judgments are not money-grubbing, ratings-driven, or self-serving, rather his judgments are righteous and equitable for all people, including those the world's powerful leave out. And in speaking of the world's powerful, well, in the presence of this plenty-for-all God-and-neighbor-centered one, they will find their muscle has atrophied and their pockets had holes. They'll find their knees won't be able to hold them up but will collapse before him. They'll find their tongues tied, unable to utter words they love, like pandemic and smarter bombs and fake news and hate and words that end in ism but only cause schism. The words they will begin to learn and experience along with all of us who are longing for this day will be words like wisdom and understanding and righteousness and equity and faithfulness and wonder delight and awe and truth with a capital T and the name of that spirit-filled one whose life has has taken root in this messy, sin-soaked world, the name of Jesus, who is the green shoot that has sprouted from an old stump of a hewn tree. Jesus, by whose word and touch Sick in body, mind, and spirit were healed and made whole. Jesus, in whose presence there wasn't an unwelcome or or unloved person in the crowd. Jesus, in, in whose pierced hands God has gathered up this bruised and broken world, He not only created, but so loves and has renewed it to bear new life, Jesus, whose lily-scented breath, has revived a people with sure hope that the day we long for will most certainly come, and with it, the final end to violence, disease, fear of being crushed by powers out of our control, sure hope that his day will come and with it no more hunger or stupor or violence or desperation or neglect or people being pushed aside and forgotten in Jesus. The full impact of Isaiah's vision of a shoot sprouting from a stump to grow into a broad branch tree bearing healing leaves and good fruit for all the nations and peoples of the world is finally, is finally realized. This Jewish man, hewed down only to bring forth new life, abundant life, not only to Jews, but to the whole world and all that is in it—you and me and everyone else who's not here today included. With hope fixed in him, the belfries ring out God's resurrection song of new life, for it has already begun in Jesus. Through Jesus, the world revolved from night to day, and the bells ring with his good news that cannot be silenced. Even even we gathered here this morning have been, have been revived by that news so that we might come to hear it once again, and we might carry That carol in our hearts and then out these doors and into our homes and our places of work and all the gathering spaces where we meet and into the streets and the alleyways and the prisons and the city hall. Together, together, friends, we are the voice to ring above the word of the year with an even more longed-for word a word that will never be replaced in years to come. The word of love, God's love, that meets the world in the crucified, risen Lord, the very person of Jesus. So friends, so warmed in this space by this sure hope, let us carry his tune in our hearts, in our minds, in our hands, to share his song wherever we go as we speak and act with hearts centered in God and purely attuned. To love till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, good will to men.
0: Thanks for listening this week. The First Presbyterian Church of Flint is an historic downtown congregation proudly part of the Presbyterian Church USA, the largest Presbyterian denomination in the United States. You can learn more about us at fpcf.org. You can check out our weekly live stream broadcasts on our channel on YouTube. But better yet, you can stop by any Sunday at 1030 a.m. to worship with us. We would love to welcome you and your family to worship. Have a great week.